What's going on, everybody? And welcome to a special live edition of the Jack Vita Show. I'm your host, Jack Vita. As you can see, alongside Jordan Morandini. How's it going, Jack? Thanks for having me. Oh, Jordan, it's great to have you back on here. It's been far too long. Yeah, probably what? Probably NFL, was it NFL preview the last no. time? MLB all the way back in the MLB. Yeah, maybe MLB. Was it before the MLB postseason? It was before the MLB season started in oh, July. Geez. Well, yeah, there it is. 2020 was a long year, Jack. A really, really <laughs> long year. Uh, but yeah, regardless, really happy to be back on um, and hopefully consistently here in 2021. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I know you've had a busy, it was a busy end of the year for you, right? Yeah, yeah, a busy end of the year. Um, and then I ended up seeing pretty much for the entire month of December, seeing family and stuff. So a busy end of the year, but also kind of a, a relaxing end of the year. And it kind of feels good heading uh, back now into 2021. How about yourself? Oh, yeah, it was a weird year, but I'm really excited about this new year. I just did a great episode with Rachel Gerhardt, a friend of ours, um, and we were talking about looking back on the past year and trying to take some positives out of it, what we're looking forward to this year. That was a lot of fun. Also did a really great episode with Andrew Stem um, just a few days ago. and we were Another friend about, of ours. Yeah, another great <laughs> friend of ours. Um, we were talking some college football on there, and he's he knows a lot about college football. Yeah, he's definitely a good one to have on for that. Myself, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do have at the end of this show, I think as we re- we are going to preview every game for this weekend, I'm going to need to get your thoughts on a national championship game at the very end. Okay, that's fair. I mean, I've paid attention enough to know about the top four teams and really the <laughs> top two quarterbacks. So I, <laughs> I can break down it at least enough to give a prediction on that game. Cool. Well, welcome to everyone that's just tuning in right now and to those that are listening to us in the podcast feed on a delay or watching the video on a delay. Uh, We are getting started a little earlier just because it worked out for us to get going a little earlier. And we felt like, you know what? America needs a chill pill today. So we are America's chill pill for the day. (laughs) Just kick it with us for the next hour. Talk some football. Have some fun. That's what sports are here for. Right, Jordan? That's exactly right, Jack. Definitely, we're going to be in an interesting scroll on this Facebook on the Facebook feed today. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> well, um, we will uh, read your comments as long as they are appropriate. We are already getting some interaction here from Chase Beebe, a good friend of the show. Uh, Chase, we will talk Bills Colts. Don't worry about it. We're going to go through all these matchups. Before we do all of that, we have to thank our sponsors, Jordan CBS All Access, really awesome streaming service. Um, Got to ask you, what was your favorite Nickelodeon show from your childhood? Ooh, Nickelodeon show. Um, or a couple prob- of them. Yeah, probably. I mean, SpongeBob, obviously a classic. Yeah. Um, Rugrats was Nickelodeon, right? Yep. Rugrat- Rugrats probably growing up was my favorite. And then let's see. Uh, Rocket Power was yes, also Nickelodeon. Yeah, that was probably my big three. So yeah, <laughs> I like the and specifically. I mean, early age obviously was Rugrats and Rocket Power, and then SpongeBob kind of turned into the classic favorite um, as I grew up. Great shows. They're all over there on CBS All Access. I've been watching good amount of Rocket Power. If I can't fall asleep, it's like I flip a coin essentially. 
a mental coin, not a not a literal coin, like a figurative <laughs> coin. But uh, it's either uh, Rocket Power or MTV's The Real World. I, if I can't fall asleep, I just turn that on, watch it for 20 minutes and go back to bed. Yeah, I can't say I've seen Rocket Power probably in the past 10 to 12. Well, probably even more. But this is your point. opportunity. Well, yeah, hey, CBS All Access has it. Maybe if I, if I, I get it, uh, there's an opportunity to kind of catch up on it. Yeah, so go to jackvita.com slash CBS. Get a free one-week trial. Great stuff over there as well. We're also powered by Fanatics, which is another really great um, place where you can purchase apparel and memorabilia. They got a lot of great stuff over there. So go to jackvita.com slash Fanatics if you want to pick up some uh, playoff swag. Or some Trevor Lawrence Jaguar jerseys in about, <laughs> what, three, four months now, Jack? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. So big day for you, Jordan. Trevor Lawrence, he is he's going in the draft. Well, look, I, I think it's been a cursed franchise that <laughs> Jags have kind of throughout my life. Um, so I was really, I mean, I was planning, I, I was like, please just declare, just please declare, give us the opportunity. <laughs> so, this, I mean, this has been a day I've been looking forward to since obviously they, they lost in that semifinal. Um, so, yeah, it's been a great day. That was probably, and like I said, you were like, did, did the video I put on IG hype you up earlier? Jack, I don't need to be hyped up. Trevor Lawrence is officially declared. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, obviously I can't wait for the draft and hopefully a much better decade for my Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, and you're you're with me. You're not buying any of this noise of, oh, they might actually take fields after all this. No. <laughs> no, I and <laughs> as a fan of the Jags, as bad as it's been, I can't buy into any of that. I have to just trust that we'll make the right pick, uh, and hopefully it pans out. It'll be Trevor. I mean, it, it's got to yeah. be. It's got to be Trevor. It will be. And one other thing I was wondering before we do the whole NFL thing, I saw you were out skydiving. Over I have done that recently, yes. Yes. So uh, how was it? Yeah, so that was a part of my relaxing time with my family. <laughs> uh, I mean, honestly, Jack, if I had to give any like uh, recommendation, I mean, I think everybody like following it. My one thing I was thinking is everybody has to do it once. And maybe, I mean, hmm. I don't know your thoughts on it, but it's one of those things where like, I don't think there's anything truly like it. The feeling of just jump. And I will say this too was nice because I was a little worried about the fact that I was going to have to jump out of the plane myself, but you were, I was obviously strapped to somebody else, a professional, and they kind of didn't even give me the option of when I wanted to jump. It was more so step, step and boom. And you were out of the plane. <laughs> I think that was, a, that was a good thing uh, because I might've been questioning some things if I had to sit there and think about it, but yeah, it was a ton of fun. And if anyone hasn't done it, and you know has any th uh, opinion on it or that you know they want to try it someday i definitely would recommend it all right there we go yeah i have to say i like the idea of it more than i actually like the um practice of going out and doing it yeah. the show that uh rachel and i love the challenge on mtv mm -hmm. i was watching all these old seasons recently and in one of the seasons at the end they have to run this big final it's kind of like a marathon and the winner wins you know hundred thousand or million dollars whatever and they start them out by okay we're gonna have them jump out of this plane and they're attached to the skydiving instructor well skydiving instructor doesn't pull the thing in time and Oof. so this competitor ends up breaking his leg 
And well, I'm, I'm glad I'm hearing this story now and not before. <laughs> so I'm thinking like this is a cable t- channel. This is a big time show. They're probably getting the best instructors in the world, and this still happens. Yeah. Yeah, when they were going through kind of the instruction portion, they did mention that if the initial parachute had failed, that there was a secondary and then a third one that they could implement. Um, so that made me feel a little bit better about it. Um, but yeah, hearing uh, that's not the type of story I would want to hear um, <laughs> before potentially doing it. Yeah. And by the way, for the record, that guy ended up winning the final on a broken leg. So it was pretty legendary. Yeah, so it was all worth it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all worth it. At least he gets to enjoy his recovery. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Jordan, we have 14 teams this year trying to get to that final here in the NFL. Closer and closer to the NBA playoffs here, Jack. <laughs> is that a good thing? I, I don't know. That's a question. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, if we want to dive into this real quick, I don't love it personally. Um, I like the, the two buys, the, and uh, it's so perfect. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. And it would have been played a big role for, I I see chase in the chat would have played a a big role for BB. Um, but you know, I don't, is this officially a thing moving forward or is this a one year test? Was it, did did they implement it because of the COVID thing? No, it was implemented before we even knew what this thing was. Yeah. I mean, moving forward, it is what it is. And I think it just makes that first seed even more important than it once was. Yeah. As a result, you end up with an eight and eight team in the playoffs. And we also (laughs) had as something else we're going to be getting into today, the AFC, especially really in all of football this year, there was, a big gap between the teams that were competitive and the teams that were not competitive. And so some of these teams you look at 11 and five record in mm-hmm. a normal year, let's say go back to, ah, gosh, 2016. We'll go back four years and we'll mm-hmm. just use that as a blueprint of normalcy. We don't know if it was or not, but um, how many of those teams actually are teams that win 11 games? I don't think it would be as many as we saw this year. Yeah, it definitely wouldn't be as many. Um, but I will say, I guess, I mean, if you're the AFC this year, it's probably a good thing there was the extra playoff spot because you want to team. I, I don't know about you. I, I like the fact that teams winning 11 games or making the postseason yeah. would have been really kind of frustrating. I mean, the Browns finally, after all these years, put together an 11-win season and they wouldn't have made the postseason. So I think in the AFC, it worked out really nicely. Um, the NFC... Maybe not as much, but it did give, you know, a lot of our friends an opportunity here in the postseason. So uh, it is what it is. Well, I am glad that the Bears are here. Uh, They're definitely a good story. We'll get to them later on. Um, All right, let's get going here and let's just go chronologic order of the games that we have. So the first one. And I got my little cheat sheet here because I'm not pulling any tabs. And by the way, Jordan, you know I never use notes, so this is this is yeah, weird. You're for not me. a note guy. <laughs> <laughs> not on a podcast. Not in school either. But <laughs> yeah. <You know. laughs> Our first game Saturday, 1:05 p.m. That uh, Buffalo Indianapolis tilt that our friend Chase is very excited about. Yeah. And it- I, I, honestly, Jack, being in Indy now, I mean, I live in Indy. This yeah. is a fun one. <laughs> this is a fun one. Um, and I mean, it was, Indy's been a fun story kind of all year with the signing of Rivers and kind of how that's worked out. Um, and I mean, they've been a pretty competitive team the last couple of years. Um, 
But I will say, Jack, I can't remember a team coming into the playoffs as hot as this Buffalo team is. I mean, really, they've won six straight at following their bye, all by double digits. And the last three of their games to finish off the year, all by 29 or more. I mean, this team is as hot as any team I've ever remembered in terms of just margin of victory. And a lot of these wins, too, Jack, they're not like, you know, they're not ripping through the Jags and Jets down the stretch of this season either. Um, at San Francisco, they beat Pittsburgh at home. Yes, they did. I remember at, that one. <laughs> yeah, at New England. I mean, by beating Belichick in New England by 29. I know it wasn't a good New England team. And then you finish off the year. A Miami defense, Jack, that's been fantastic. Probably one of the best, if not the best defense all year. You go and drop 56 on them oh, man. In, a game that, in a game that they have to win to get into the postseason. It was just mind-blowing, honestly, to, to, to see what they've put together. And how about the growth of Josh Allen this year? What a year. Um, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm sure we're going to touch on that. But, Jack, I mean, do you is there any team that really reminds you uh, as, that's been this hot heading into a playoffs? Not on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, maybe I could come up with a good baseball analogy because that's where a lot of my uh, memory stuff is stored with baseball. But, no, they've had an awesome – They've been an awesome team down the stretch here. Josh Allen, we were debating earlier in our group chat with Chase, where does he stack up in the MVP vote? He's going to get votes this year, and he's going to finish top five. And Mm -hmm. very few people outside of Buffalo believe that that was a trajectory of this guy two years ago. Yeah, and maybe even the trajectory of this guy last season. Uh, (laughs) Last season, I mean – We'll touch on it. I mean, the playoff game last year against Houston, Josh Allen was not good. Not one bit good. His receivers um, and, weren't either, though. Well, that is fair. And obviously <laughs> the addition of uh, Stephon Diggs will help a guy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, looking back two years ago and then into last year, Josh Allen was viewed maybe at best to be a borderline top 12 guy. Um, and now he's turned into Jack. I don't know if there's been five QBs better than him this year. Um, no. No, I really haven't. Really, apart from Mahomes and Rodgers, that's kind of where his name probably fits into the equation. I um, think so, yeah, for this year independently yeah, in yeah, terms this of this mm-hmm. year, um, if you're ranking who had the best season, number one, number two are already spoken for, and then uh, Josh Allen, number three. Yeah, and I, th- I mean, huge shout-out to that coaching staff, uh, McDermott oh, yeah. and then a lot, and Dabble. They've done a fantastic job putting together consistent game plans for him to succeed. I think their offenses run extremely well for what he does well. Um, he has a cannon for an arm w- when he's on the run. Um, and Diggs is a guy who obviously was very good in Minnesota, but I kind of viewed him, I don't know if you did, I kind of viewed him as more of just a deep threat in Minnesota, um, where Thielen was more of that possession receiver type guy. Um, and Diggs this year has turned into just a a dominant, dominant receiver. He you could argue that he's put together a top five receiving type year as well. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Five, top five is in this season. As yes, in the, yeah, top this five. season. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 For, it sounded initially like top five oh, receiving no. year no. ever. No, um, no. <laughs> no, this season. This yeah, season. I mean, I, he's always open. Well, I remember last year when we were doing our preview show, you and CJ getting in that disagreement over um, who was the greater receiver, Thielen's, Thielen Diggs or Devontae Adams in terms of who had the best in the in the NFC North. And so, yeah, I do think he's taken his game up another level. I think 
getting away from Thielen and being a true number one as a main attraction, as a main guy who's going to draw that number one corner week in and week out and seeing what he's done. um, Yeah, very impressive, no doubt. Yeah, and they have very good compliments. Beasley's done a fantastic job in the slot for them this year. And, I mean, when John John Brown was hurt for a while this year, but when he's healthy, he kind of takes that deep ball type guy. So that kind of has a lot of the safety help, and that can open up some things for Diggs. So it all it's it, – Jack, it's all come together for this offense. It really has. Yeah, and so the Bills are favored by seven points this week at home. And the New York government, I believe, uh, they're allowing them to have some fans, which I think is going to be, you know, isn't it always just the best when you have a, a game in Buffalo, a playoff game nonetheless with Bill Ma- Bill's Mafia involved? Yeah, it's a really small amount of fans, isn't it? Like five or 6,000, maybe 9,000. <laughs> you know, it's under 10,000 fans, I think. And I know they've already mentioned that they don't want any tailgating whatsoever, but something tells me <laughs> that in Buffalo, that's going to be uh, that's going to be hard to uh, control heading into this playoff game. Wasn't it that Buffalo Jacksonville game that that playoff game three years ago? That was wasn't, a fun that, one. wasn't that the one that OJ showed up at the tailgate? Ooh. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> OJ showed up at a tailgate. It was like a month after he got released out of prison and he was wearing his own Jersey. It was like, it was prime oh. Twitter content. Yeah. It, it makes sense. And that, <laughs> that was one of the worst playoff games thinking back on it. I've ever seen that was, I believe that... the final was 10 to three. And the only <laughs> touchdown was fourth and goal from the one. And it was a play action pass. They, Bortles through a play action pass for the one touchdown in that game. <laughs> Tyrod Taylor was horrendous in that you game. You know it's a bad one when Nathan Peterman's getting in there. Yeah. Yeah. And that yeah, and then Peterman gets picked off to end the game. Oof, that was a brutal <laughs> playoff game. But I mean I enjoyed it personally. <laughs> well, we have Bills against the AFC South once again. And you are in Indianapolis. You have you're a fan of a team in this division. Are we sleeping on the Colts a little bit here, or is is there something there? Yeah, I don't think the Colts were the best draw possible uh, for Buffalo, just because I think the the Colts are extremely good up front, both defensively and offensively. They've notably had one of the best offensive lines, and they've done a really nice job protecting Rivers all season. Um, And along with that, Jack, the last five, six games, their run game has really come together. Jonathan Taylor – the draft pick, uh, you might be able to help Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Out of Wisconsin, yeah. Uh, out of Wisconsin, he's put together some monster games. Last week, he actually ran for the ninth most rushing yards in a game ever um, against my Jags. Saw that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, it's it's a team, to me, that ceiling is kind of low um, because they're, yeah. they're counting on a guy kind of with Rivers that, you know, he has some clear limitations. Uh, you have to be able to protect him. Um, you don't want to be in third and 12 situations. So I think that's one key this weekend, um, for the Colts is avoid the, you know, the third and eights, the third and nines, you got to be able to get four or five yards on first and second down. Um, and you got to be able to protect Phillip rivers because I think if Buffalo can get to rivers, they'll be able to force some mistakes. I think that's where the Colts will get themselves into trouble. Um, but you know, Buffalo's defense has been playing better. I don't love the matchup really for the Colts defense either, though. I mean, Buffalo is a buzzsaw. And the Colts defense that was playing really well kind of early into the middle of the season has kind of tailed off a little as the year's gone on. I just think Buffalo is too hot right now, Jack. Um, And I think they're able to force Phillip into a mistake or two that ends up changing this game. 
Uh, what was the spread? Seven? Seven, seven points. Seven? Yeah, I think I, I like Buffalo, I think, by 10. And, you know, kind of like a 30 to 20 situation. Here. <laughs> I was just about to say 31-21 is what no, I was yeah. rolling with in this game. <laughs> I think it's a game that... I think you see something in the first half, like maybe it's real close in the first half, and then Buffalo starts to pull away. And I think that 10 points comes as maybe a backdoor cover. Where, uh, mm-hmm. Well, I guess it wouldn't be a cover because yeah, seven but, points, but mm-hmm. late, late score at the end of the game, uh, really a game where they're in that 10 to 17 point win margin. I think Buffalo, as you mentioned, they're coming in with so much momentum, and there isn't a team that I would not want to play. I mean, there's a team in the NFL right now that I don't want to play, they're the number one team that I would not want to play right now. Yeah, I think they're probably they're they're definitely up there apart from the Chiefs who obviously have a bye, but teams playing this weekend, I think the Bills are coming in as hot as anyone. I think they I really would, I would rather not play the Bills than the Chiefs right now. Interesting. But I I just haven't seen enough from playoff Josh Allen yet, I think to say that. We'll that's see. My, Maybe that will be a game. talking point next week with the that's, Steelers. And so. I, yeah, I think that's the, the only way the Colts can win this game is they get up early with the run game. Phil's able to kind of settle in. And then, you know, you force Josh Allen to maybe get some nerves in a playoff game. But I, I think the Bills are able to take care of business. Yeah. So Phillip Rivers is, as we've been talking about all year, just holding that team back from what they really could be. And that's where I think – Matthew Stafford in a Colts uniform next year. That would be, oh my goodness. Can you imagine how tough the AFC would be next year? Well, yeah, we were talking about uh, in one of the chats, what if Luck had never retired? Think of how good this Colts team would be if Luck was still there. I mean, Stafford would be an interesting fit. I don't know if Rivers has held them back, though. I mean, this is a team that won 11 games and was tied for the division. Um, but maybe the true, true ceiling, if you put together, you know, a, a top five to seven, you know, top 10 QB, that's where you could really see where this Colts team could go. Absolutely. Well, we'll have plenty more to talk about with whichever one of these teams ends up winning next week. So our second game on Saturday will be on Fox, and that is the Rams and the Seahawks. So this is an interesting matchup. It's in Seattle because Seattle won that game in week 16. Both of these games, when they've played each other, they split 1-1. So this is your rubber match right here. And the home game, the home team won each of those games. And we don't know if Jared Goff is going to play this week either. Yeah, and that's kind of the one thing that's you know making me question my pick here, actually, um, because I do like the way the Rams match up with Seattle a lot. Uh, Seattle struggles to protect Russell Wilson. Seahawks have given up 12 more sacks than the next closest playoff team. So I would um, actually say I think he holds on to the ball a little too long. Well, I that. mean, could could be an argument. Could be an argument. Yeah, maybe he tries to extend plays. But what the Rams do extremely well, they can get to the passer. Aaron Donald can get to the passer. Um, oh, yeah. so, so I really like the line of scrimmage edge there. And another reason is Jalen Ramsey, to me, is the best best corner in football. And when you take, <laughs> can take away DK Metcalf, you know, Russ's options are very slim, whether it's, you know, whether it's Lockett. But, I mean, this is a Rams defense, Jack, that's really been one of the best, actually has been the best in the league. They've allowed only 18 and a half a game. In that Seattle game where Seattle did beat the Rams, Goff got hurt in that game. So that kind of makes me question, you know, whether would the result would have been different. From what True. I've read, Goff has been throwing this week, and look, it's the playoffs. I imagine he's going to try and toughen it out. I think the Rams are able to win the line of scrimmage, force Russ into some mistakes in this game, 
And I think it's going to be, it's going to be a bloodbath. It's going to be a lower scoring game. Um, but I think the Rams are able to pull one out here. This is an upset I like. Uh, and I just, I, look, the, I don't think there's a huge coaching difference. A lot of times with the C- Seattle, you're able to say, oh, Pete Carroll's going to outcoach. You know, McVay is one of the top coaches in the league as well. Um, and I don't think the Rams offense necessarily scares you, but Seattle's defense doesn't scare you either. Um, so I think the Rams offense is able to put up enough points. It's going to be a barn burner. I think like a, like a 20 to 17 type game maybe. Um, but I think the Rams are able to go to Seattle and find a way to pick up an upset this weekend. All right. So this is a three and a half point spread. The Rams are, well, Seattle's favored, I should say. And I really would like to pick the Rams, but I actually, and by the way, I told Jordan, we're each picking one upset. I'm actually going to go in the opposite direction here. And I do think the big key to victory in this game, we've been chatting about this. I've talked about it on the podcast. You and I have had conversations off the air. What's going on with Russell Wilson? Because sometimes he's amazing and other times they have these really slow starts. And I guess you can't put that all on the quarterback. Seattle has had these games. They get off to a slow start. And that can't happen this week. Because mm-hmm. if you're playing behind in that game against that defense, you're not going to win that game. So I think that at home, I'm expecting a better performance out of what we've kind of seen from them over the last few weeks. I think that this team... While I don't love them, and I'm really not that big of a Russell Wilson guy, as you know, I'm. I think he's a really good quarterback. I don't think he's at that Rodgers, Mahomes level, but I think that the home field is going to give him a big edge. They always get up for these games in Seattle, and yeah, I think uh, there's something else I was going to say. I'll give you a chance to chime in. Yeah, I mean, I see where you're going, and I, I, I think with the the Russ scenario, there's no question that he's kind of seen a drop off in his play. I mean, he was in the MVP. He was the MVP favorite probably through what week eight, week nine, um, and now, I mean, you're looking at lists. He's not even in the top five. Yeah. So it was kind of really a collapse in terms of the season for Russell Wilson. I will say it did seem like you know Metcalf got off to a really really good start this season too. And maybe he hit a little bit of a wall. You know, some, sometimes for those younger guys, they can hit walls in seasons. Uh, maybe he's been banged up. Um, but regardless, I, I, I don't know. I just think the Rams' defense is that good. And Seattle, in my opinion, the offense just hasn't done enough that says they're going to be able to overcome it for me. I feel like Seattle is that guy that doesn't study for the test and just kind of shows up and crams <laughs> the night crams the night before the final does enough just to pass the class <laughs> and um but has like the tools to actually get an a in that class well yeah i mean you have you have the stud uh quarterback you have the two good receiver i think chris carson actually is an underrated back in the league he's oh yeah pretty pretty good when he's healthy um but it's just something jack something about this game i don't like it for seattle <laughs> <laughs> well i just think that seattle it's like they skate by last year. They had that draw where they played the Eagles and Wentz got hurt. It feels like another situation here where they're going to skate by 16 to 13 would be my pick. So I guess that would actually, the Rams would cover that spread in that situation. Low scoring battle. I think that they, uh, I think Russ makes a couple more plays than John Walford. If Goff can't get out there, <laughs> is that his name? 
that could be the case. Yeah. Yep. John <laughs> That's his name, yeah. right? John Walford. Yeah. To be fair, he did beat Arizona last he week. He did. Yeah. And they looked so, better with him in there than Goff the week before. Yeah. And it, like I said, the Seattle defense, it really, I mean, it's been better as of late, but Jamal Adams is kind of banged up now. Um, it, it's really not that great of a, it's definitely not the type of unit, you know, you think of when you think of Seattle, great defenses. Um, it's the type but, of unit that can make a play when they need yeah, to play. I agree. But, yeah, they're not great. They're not going to shut you down. Um, and I mean, this Rams offense doesn't scare anybody, I don't think, by any <laughs> means. But I do think McVay can call a good game, you know, when going against kind of an inferior defense. And I think that might be what happens here. Yeah. So I think, okay, here they go again. Banged up quarterback. He broke his thumb like two weeks ago. It's on the throwing hand as well. Yeah. So he was throwing just, last week, though. So you know, maybe typical Seattle draw, though, is what I would say. <laughs> How do they do it? How does Pete Carroll do it year in year out? <laughs> okay. So our final game for Saturday. You're ready for the next one, right? Yeah. You know, anything yep. else? Okay. Nope. This is a weird primetime slot. We have it makes no sense to me. <laughs> no sense. Washington football team hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It has to be the fact that it's Brady and they're thinking that Brady's generating ratings, but only way. I don't I don't think Brady I don't think there's I mean, even in basketball, LeBron isn't that big of a draw. Like you saw some of these ratings with games. There yeah. isn't a single guy that can just give you ratings in any sport yeah. right now. So I don't yeah. I don't know what they're going for. I, I think the only thing is kind of the, the Brady narrative that it's his first playoff game away from New England. I think that's probably going to be yeah. exactly what they're sending. I mean, look, Washington is a – well, really, I don't think they're that fun of a story, but I, they, <laughs> they they win the NFC East with a brutal record. Uh, Ron Rivera obviously had some medical issues, and he's doing better, so that's a great thing. Um, but as a whole, I guess the Alex Smith story, maybe too, kind of over. Alex Smith, great story. Chico yeah. Rivera, great story. Yeah. Okay. And then the other thing with this team that's notable is their edge rush with Chase yeah. Young. And uh, who's the other guy on the other side? I blank it out. Sweat, Montez Sweat. Montez Sweat, yeah. Has, both have had fantastic season. And really, Chase Young, probably the last six weeks. I mean, I, I watch a lot of football. <laughs> Chase Young has probably been a top three to five edge rusher in the game the last five to six weeks. He has really turned it on this. I mean, it, their pass rush is legit. Um, and it's going to, that probably is one of the big keys to this game because the bucks have done a fantastic job protecting. I mean, Look, Tom's great at what he does. He's always done it well. He can, even with not the greatest line, it's because he can get rid of the football so quick. Um, Antonio Brown has kind of turned into that safety valve for him. He's, he's catching a lot of passes week in, week out. Um, and then Evans, obviously, is more of his deep ball threat. Is but Evans going to play this that's, week? That's what I was about to say. Evans is banged up. He hyperextended his knee last week. Um, and from what I've seen, he's either been limited or hasn't practiced so far this week. So he's going to be questionable, maybe the type of game time decision. I think that's a big thing, but I do think the Bucks are good enough, even without Evans, to win this football game. Yeah, and they are favored by eight and a half points. It's a it's a big number, um, but the, I mean the Bucks have been playing some good football. They've kind of Tom Brady has really turned it on. Um, yeah, I, I would probably take the Bucks to cover this number. I think uh, let's go twenty eight seventeen or something along those lines. Twenty eight seventeen. I'll go twenty four to ten. No. Oof. 31 
16. Okay. So both have the Bucks covering kind of in almost a double-digit fashion. Yeah, not a very exciting game, in my opinion. Yeah, and that's the problem. I've, there's better games here for these night games. Like, I, I don't understand tossing. This seems, this feels like a 1 o'clock to me. Like, it should have been a 1 o'clock Saturday or Sunday, one of the two. Well, do we typically get a good Saturday night? I know last year we had the Patriots on that Saturday night. but Patriots-Titans, right? Yeah, but in the past, like, I remember when we were at the Goat House four years ago, <laughs> I remember watching, it feels like, do they put the Patriots there every time? And it's like a not very competitive game, typically. Yeah, maybe you trust Tom to kind of bring in, you know, maybe it's not the best matchup. Well, that's what I'm wondering. Or... Is it something that they punt on where they're like, oh, it's Saturday night, people aren't really doing the football thing as much on Saturday night? I don't... I don't know because I don't think – I mean, if you put a marquee matchup, if this would have been you know, t- Titans-Ravens or Bills – maybe even Bills-Coles, some of these tighter matchups, I would have thought that they would draw better than the, a Brady against an NFC East champ. But <laughs> um, I, don't, yeah, I, I just think the scheduling there was really weird. But I, I do think we – I mean, we both agree the Bucks are able to take care of business here. And that game is on NBC. NBC. NBC we'll be on the call has two, for that one then. Yeah, It'll that's be... what I was wondering. NBC has two games, so I'm thinking yeah. that the Sunday game will probably be the Collinsworth Michaels, and this you one will be think? any yeah. mixture of Mike Tirico with Tony Dungy or Kurt Warner. Yeah, okay. Got that's it. typically what we see as that B team, but I yeah. just hope that they don't put Chris Sims in there. That <laughs> <laughs> sneaks his way. <laughs> so you don't think any chance of a Washington upset here? By the way, fun fact, I just want to say last time that the Bucks won 11 games, Chris Sims was a quarterback. Which was when? Uh, 2005. That was okay. with John Gruden. Okay. It's like John Gruden can win 11 games with Chris Sims. Like, good, pretty good yeah. coach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you had to get your Gruden praise into this podcast somehow, some way. <laughs> no, I don't think this game's going to be close. I, yeah. I think... There's an argument to be made. I wouldn't be shocked if it was closer, but yeah. And maybe the late, honestly, the, the, the night slot, you know, helps Brady and the Bucks get fired up for this game. Maybe they yeah. think they have the primetime game. Brady's ready to light it up. I, I, I just, just not a good, I don't think there was a good draw for Washington, but Tom Brady's Bucks, as well as they've been playing, is not a good one. Well, let me ask you this. NFC, what team would you not want to play the most? Give me your rankings. Um, good question. Um, I mean, I would rather play either the Seahawks or Rams than the Bucks. I think the Bucks are a tougher draw. I think so too. Point. I also would rather play the Saints at this point too than the Bucks. I, yeah, I think those two are probably in terms of the ones that are playing this week. Those are the two I would have wanted to avoid. Um, but I mean, I will say the Saints have kind of had their fair share of lapses in the playoffs here so maybe yeah, yeah maybe brady's bucks as long as evans because evans is a big part of that team as long as he's good to go um that yeah they, they might top that list yeah i mean that's where i just think packers I and mean, then just in terms of playing yeah, pack, is the best yeah, football pack, right now yeah bucks yeah i did definitely fair that haven't been the saints those are the those are the top three in the nfc i just seahawks don't scare yeah i, I don't know it's just <laughs> <laughs> Look, this team won 12, 12 games, right? Seattle won 12 games. And then... <laughs> I don't know. All right. So then Sunday, we have our first game on Sunday is 
maybe one of the best ones of the weekend, Tennessee and Baltimore. And this is a 105 start, Eastern time, of course. Ravens mm-hmm. favored by three. And yep. I got some numbers I wrote on my cheat sheet here. Ravens <laughs> have won five straight, but the AFC... Chase, uh, we're talking... Chase just asked if we've talked AFC. If you guys are joining us right now, we just talked about what games on Saturday, and now we're previewing Sunday's games. So, good little uh, time to jump in. So, the uh, the Ravens, they've won five straight, but different from that bill streak of teams winning six straight. Here are your teams it at the Ravens. Feels different, and I know exactly where you're going. Dallas, Cleveland, Jacksonville. Giants and Cincinnati. I mean, the Browns so, are a playoff team, but are the Browns and, great? No. And what was it? That was that like 42 35 game or whatever, right? Yeah, no defense whatsoever that game. No, no, <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I think it feels a lot different personally. Um, but Lamar specifically has kind of come back to that MVP form down the stretch, which is probably really notable heading into a postseason. Um, so he specifically is probably the one takeaway because early in the year, he was a little shaky. Um, he's playing really good football right now, heading into a playoffs. And I think that's important. This one to me, Jack is probably the best matchup. I think of the opening weekend. Yeah, I think agree? I agree. Yeah, I agree. It feels like there's a little rivalry brewing between these two teams. <laughs> um, you obviously before last year's playoffs had the Earl Thomas comment um, about Henry and then Henry ends up running for 180, 200, whatever he got in that game last year. Um, he's averaged 164 both in that game and then the game earlier this season, which the Titans also won, by the way. Um, but it feels like these two teams don't like each other very much. Um, and it, it's turning into a little bit of a battle because obviously these are two of the you know top three, four teams in the AFC consistently, or at least the past couple of years. Um, so... To me, I just think the Titans match up really well with Baltimore. Um, Baltimore made a couple moves this offseason. It almost seemed like it would, or an end of the season as well, to specifically kind of try and counter a guy like Henry. Um, they signed Calais Campbell, who I know very well, obviously an all-pro guy on the line. And then they made the trade for Yannick Ngakwe, who I also know very well. So the, all the like I mean, this is Saxonville on that Baltimore line. It is, <laughs> it is. Um, but both have been banged up. Yannick didn't play last week. He's expected to play this week. He's the type of guy that can change a game with one play, you know, a strip sack, something like that. But I think the Titans match up so well. I think they're able to dominate the line of scrimmage again. They can't stop. Hen- I mean, at this point, who can stop Derrick Henry? You know, that, that, yeah. that's a question we have to ask. <laughs> and you know, so much focus I think is going to be put on Henry as it is week in and week out. It really opens things for Tannehill, whether it's with the play action. We've seen them use Tannehill's legs a lot more this year, and I think he's quietly dangerous with his legs. And I mean, look, if you get to do a play action and everybody's focused on Henry, you're going to have a running lane on a swing. That's kind of what they've used a couple times as of late. I don't think Baltimore can stop Tennessee's offense. The one thing that is notable is Tennessee's defense is the worst of all playoff teams. Them and the Browns are easily the two worst defenses, but Tennessee's middle of the road against the run, and that's what Baltimore does well. So they've done a nice job in the two last meetings, handling Lamar Jackson, forcing him into some mistakes. He was bad in that playoff game last year. Um, 
I think Tennessee is able to kind of win with that same formula, whether it's, you know, you get up early, you're able to pound Henry and you make Lamar throw the ball. And in Nashville, I think it's going to be tough for Baltimore to pull this off. I think that there are a couple things going on here, my thoughts. Number one, it's extremely difficult to beat the same team three times in a row. It It almost feels like, I mean, this would be within one calendar year to beat them three times. So technically not the same season, that'd be a really impressive accomplishment. Mm -hmm. Now, having said that, they did meet earlier this year. Let's talk. take a look at what we saw out of these teams this year. Coming out of the gate, people were talking about Baltimore as they might be better than the Chiefs. We saw, I mean, some analysts had them at 15 and 116, like that good. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild. And last year, they they were either a number one, number two seed. They, they were one or two. They had a first uh, round bye last year. I believe so. Yeah. Yes. It might have been the one. They might have been the one. 13 yeah. and 3, 14 and 2, one of the two. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, they last year they come in and they had that game against the Chiefs early in the season and everyone's kind of talking about, "Oh my gosh, they might surpass the Chiefs. They're they are the Chiefs. It's these two teams." And we didn't see that at all this year. They never really looked like a great team. They looked like a again, I think typical par for the course Baltimore Ravens where yeah. Never a really a high ceiling team, but a very high floor. Like they're never going to stink it up. They're always going to get you at least nine, ten wins. It seems. Yeah. And when you lead the league in rushing the way they did, I mean, and probably will with Lamar year in and year out, you're going to be yeah, you're going to have a floor of probably yeah, eight to nine wins minimum. Yeah, and so I respect them. I think they're always a pretty good team. But what we saw at Tennessee this year when they had that game postponed against Buffalo and they just killed Buffalo and granted COVID early. and early early. Yeah. There's a lot of different circumstances. I think the apex that you saw the Titans this year, much higher than the apex that I saw out of the Baltimore Ravens this year. Can the Titans tap into that this weekend in the playoffs? Are they going to ride that wave? They almost lost to Houston this past week. I think that's going to make it a great game. Yeah, and I mean, they give up so many points. The yeah. Titans give up a lot of points. So I think this is going to be a high-scoring game because I don't think – look, I think Baltimore has some good players on the defensive side of the ball, but I still think Tennessee is going to be able to score on them, and I still don't think they're going to be able to stop Henry. Um, to me, Jack, I think the key to this game is, look, we, we're both pretty focused on the run games of both these teams, right? Which quarterback can make more plays? I think that's what this game is going to come down to. And from what I've seen, and I mean, Tannehill wasn't great in the playoffs last year, but he had a really nice passing season this year. Yeah, and he really did. did the year before, too, in the regular season. He's lethal when they have that play action with so much focus on Henry. I think Tannehill's able to make more plays through the air, and I think it ends up being the difference in this one. Yeah, I also have Tennessee winning this game. So that would be my upset special of the weekend. I can't believe that Baltimore's favored to win this game, to tell well, the truth. I was telling you this pre-show is like I don't think picking Tennessee over Baltimore is an upset here. This I just think that if anything this should be a pick 'em. It makes no sense. That's just, with, the, with the three points at home, what is it? Three and a half. That's six and a half points, pretty much that they're giving that they're giving Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, I just I don't understand that at all. Given the two history of these teams, it's not like Tennessee's slumping heading into the playoffs. I don't I don't know. I don't see it. 
Yeah, I don't see it either. I will say this is another one. I mean, it could honestly, I could see this being low scoring because of the ground attack that there's time of possession, but I could also see the shootout too. Like this is, I think this is definitely the best matchup of the weekend. While we both do like Tennessee, Baltimore can win this game. This is a really good game that (laughs) should be a pick them. I think it's the best game of the, I think it's the best matchup of the weekend. Yeah, and this one, ESPN lucked into the best game. They typically always get the garbage one on Saturday. Yeah, and somehow this should like this would have been a perfect fit for Saturday night or yeah. Sunday night for that matter. Well, yeah, I'm I do thinking like, I, like Sunday afternoon with Nance and Romo. Well, that too. Yeah, I'd like to hear Romo on this call. You're right. Yeah, CBS. Oh, they do a great job. I love that. I love yeah. that broadcast. It's great. Yeah. All right. So, so I think score wise here, yeah. I mean, I do think it's going to be high scoring. Um, Baltimore, I feel like Baltimore really needs to score early um, because if Tennessee gets up in this game, I mean, they can blow them out. Tennessee blew Baltimore out last year in the playoffs. Um, I think Tennessee wins. It's going to be high scoring. I think like 35, 31, 35, 31, I think. So Which I don't know will- if I go that high, but I think I would have. 28-20 or 27-21? Okay. 28-20. Let's do that. Yeah, maybe I, maybe I am a little high. Maybe 31-28. Somewhere in – it's going to be high scoring, I think. I think both these teams are going to put up some serious points. And if one of them puts up a lot of points early, the other one's going to be throwing the entire game. So I do think <laughs> – I do think there's room for some turnovers that end up being big. But, yeah. That, what am I thinking? This should, this should be like that Browns-Ravens game. Why can't it be like that one? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think it can be. Yeah, it can be. All right, but well, I'll, Ravens I'll stick with what I Ra- Yeah, Ravens weren't as healthy defensively. True, they're healthy now. Calais is back. Yannick's back. Their corner Jimmy Smith is expected to play too. He could play a big role. I would imagine they'll put Humphrey on AJ Brown and then Smith on Corey Davis. So yeah, yeah. I mean, they have the playmate. Ravens defense has some playmakers. Like I said, there's some guys who can make game changing plays. It's just a matter of. You know, can you kind of let those guys loose with a lead or something along those lines? If you're chasing points, it becomes tough with Henry on the ground. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we got two more left, Jordan. And I got to say, these are the two that I'm the most tapped into with where I live regionally and where my allegiance lies. This next one, I think this is actually going to be a pretty fun game. Bears and Saints. No, you don't you don't see it, do you? No, I do. Oh, okay, okay. I, I thought you were shaking your be, head at me. No, it's going to be maybe one of the closest games of the weekend, I think. I think this one, it's going to be so fun. One of the things, I got an email about this from CBS All Access, a sponsor. They said, hey, by the way, this game's going to be on Nickelodeon this weekend. <laughs> oh, this and I'm just game? like, what was that? This is the Nickelodeon game? I know what this, this is the Nickelodeon game, and I think... If I'm around on Sunday, because I might be at the Valpo basketball game, but uh, my buddy who I'm going with might have COVID, so I don't know if we're going <laughs> to the game or not. <laughs> He's getting his test back. We would, and I've already had it, so we, you know, we wouldn't do anything foolish. Of but if I'm watching this game, I'm absolutely going to flip over to Nickelodeon and watch at least part of it. They're going to have segments with the stars of all that, which are all that is now back, that classic show from our childhood. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be hosting the show, Nate Burleson, who I think is a terrific color analyst. 
Um, I, he mainly does studio, but he'll be calling that game color-wise, so it'll be cool to see what he's got. So this game's on Nickelodeon. Jordan, I think this is a really awesome creative idea to get younger kids into football. Yeah, and I mean, if anything, if nothing else, it's worth a try, right? Yeah. <laughs> it might nothing. be fun. And I'm sure there'll be some, you know, viral social media moments that are able to come <laughs> from it, whether it's, you know, Khalil Mack lighting up Breeze and him turning into slime or something <laughs> along those lines. Um, I think it's a fun idea. And look, maybe for, you know, kids who like sports but are younger, it's maybe it's, uh, it's a lot more interactive probably of a way to watch a game. So, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm all for it. I don't see any reason to not try something like this to – kind of get, you know, more kids involved in sports at a young age. Absolutely. I think it's great, especially given COVID, but some kids don't get to play sports right now. And so I think this is awesome. I think CBS, Viacom, since they made that merger, it's been really cool seeing some of these things kind of coming together. And this is definitely one of them. It'll be a really cool opportunity for people to check that out. So that'll be 4.40 p.m. Sunday, Eastern Time. And this game will also be on CBS. So this might be the Nance Romo game. I'm not sure because their CBS has the Buffalo Indianapolis games. I think this is probably the Nance Romo one. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know the bit. Yeah, I probably unless they want Romo specifically to be able to talk kind of about what Josh Allen has done this year. Maybe that's the. I don't know. I'm probably, I wouldn't be shocked they if they. I wouldn't be shocked if they used one of, if not both of them, for both games. Oh, they could. I mean, those two, I mean, the prep they put in, those two probably have the ability to do it if they wanted to. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it could happen for sure. I don't know. Right. I mean, Jack, it's a 10-point spread. What it, What does that number say to you? Is it, you like the number? Do you think it's a little too high? <laughs> I think the Bears are going to cover this game. I think this game is going to be closer than a lot of people realize. I think the Bears are a really great story heading into these playoffs, good or bad. Either way, whether it's a good story or bad story, it makes for a really interesting story. This is a team that started out 5-1, and one, lost the next six games, won the next three games, and then last week had an opportunity to win their way into the playoffs. They actually played a really good game against the Packers for three quarters. In the fourth quarter, they fell apart. And honestly, that worked in their favor because if they had won that game, they'd be playing Green Bay at Green Bay. You have to win two games against Green Bay in a row. Tell a Bears fan that that's your that's what you got to do to win a playoff game. And they all would say, well, we we can't do that. That's not happening. We're not playing that. We're not beating the Packers two weeks in a row. So obviously they lose a little momentum by losing that game. The Saints, however, are a team that classically they've been choke artists. We'll be frank. I mean, Three straight years now with a playoff exit that leaves you with more to be desired. And I don't like the victim complex stuff. I don't like when last year, I, I understand two years ago and everything that happened. I think they, what, what they should have done from that was like, all right, you know, no excuses. We're going to stick it back in the league's face and we're actually going to go win that Super Bowl this year. And then what's, what ends up happening? They let Kirk Cousins pick him apart and in their own home, in the in the Superdome, and they end up losing that game. And then they're whining about pass interference again. <laughs> what, what have they learned? What have they learned? They played the Bears earlier this season. It was 26-23 in a game that 
the Saints won in a overtime. Don't this one? It'll be a shocker for a lot of people. I will not be shocked if the Chicago Bears win this week. Yeah, I, I'm not going to go that far. Um, I think no, I, I, Jordan, they're not my pick to win the game, <laughs> but you wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked, and I think it's going to be a rel- I think it's going to be a close game. Yeah, I, I think no, I, I do think it'll be a close game, um, and I'm with you on a couple things here. The Saints, obviously, we've—I mean, we've noted how many times in the show already that they have notably struggled um, <laughs> when it's mattered. I mean, how many years in a row with the Saints do we have to hear it's the best roster in football without a Super Bowl? Yeah, that's something that's legitimately been happening for this the past, is year four now. Yeah, year three or four. You know, they're the best roster in the NFL. Um, it was heck. I heard it on a talk show today. I think it was Cowherd's. I think Cowherd mentioned. I think he, <laughs> he said they were the best roster in the NFL. And I'm thinking, I'm like. You know, I don't know if I would say that, um, but it is a very, very good roster. Yeah. And one that obviously can put up big time numbers and specifically in this dome that they're going to be playing in. The Bears, CJ, I would feel so much more confident in a potential Bears upset here if the Bears defense was playing great. Yeah. But it, it's not playing to that level. It was what not last year, two years ago, um, whenever they had that really, really good defense. It's just not at that level. There's a lot of the same guys, um, and they have the ability maybe to turn it on, but it's just not playing at that same level. To beat Breeze, you have to be able to get to Breeze, so I think that's one big thing to look out for. Um, Another big thing in this game is Michael Thomas is expected to play for the Saints, and he's kind of that safety valve option when Kamara isn't. So you give him Kamara and Thomas, and all of a sudden – um, you know, Breeze has those top two guys and Jared Cook's playing pretty well. Um, and you got Taysom Hill <laughs> used. Um, I, I would just feel so much more confident in potential Bears upset if that defense was playing well. Another thing too, Trubisky, yes, he's played better in the second half, but I mean, I've watched the games. The three games he played really well were Houston and Jacksonville, who were literally the top, the worst two defenses in the league. Well, and Jacksonville Minnes- was actively trying to lose that game. Yeah, yeah. And Minnesota as well, who I, I, as the Kirk Cousins supporter you are, I think you know that Minnesota defense was really, really bad too. Oh, yes. Um, oh, yes. So, I mean, those Not are the same Minnesota of, defense from three years ago yeah, either. I, I think those are three of the bottom five, six defenses in the league. So really, you know, Trubisky's playing better, but he's not doing against anybody notable. And then last week, a little bit exposed, some bad throws in my opinion, more of what I kind of expect from Mitch Trubisky. Look, Jack, uh, we'll talk about it this offseason, but there were notes that he played his way into his next contract with the Bears. I think this might be the way that he could play his way into a next contract. Go into New Orleans play as good as you've ever played. This is the type of game where you earn that second contract when he's been kind of as mediocre as he has been. So I do think there's a lot of almost pressure on Trubisky heading into this game. It probably feels like almost a must win. Um, I just don't trust them to make enough plays. I don't think they have enough playmakers really apart from Allen Robinson. Montgomery actually has had a really nice second half. Um, but the Saints defense is talented, and I think the Saints are able to take care of business here. But I do think it's closer than 10. 10 is a ridiculous number. Um, 24-17 maybe, 24-17, 24-20, somewhere around there. Yeah, I like that. I think that this is 
indicative of what we're going to see of the New Orleans Saints this year in the playoffs. This is your opportunity. Defend your home turf. You're in your dome that you play so well in, and you win this game. I mean, you just you should blow them out. You shouldn't be fooling around with the Chicago Bears. Now, look, eight and eight team. They're probably the most average team in football this year, at least in the NFC. Yeah, they beat bad teams, and I mean, against the Packers last week, exposed. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, I think the I think the Bears are what they are. I think we all know what the Bears are. Yeah. Um, so really, I mean, the Saints are better on paper, and they're the, I mean they're they're better just looking at they're they're better in every aspect. This is the type I'm with you. I think you, if you're the Saints, you got to come in here and take care of business. There's no reason you don't win this football game. Yeah. So in theory, it should be a blowout. But what we've seen out of the Saints historically in the playoffs and even yeah, over the last few win. weeks, yeah. you called that game. I'm giving you credit here, Jordan. You mm-hmm. called Jalen Hurts is going to beat the Saints <laughs> this week. And he did somehow, some way, and it made no sense whatsoever because that's not a good <laughs> Eagles team. Holy smokes, it's not a good Eagles team. But yeah, exactly. So they like to let teams hang around, and you can't do that in the playoffs because, yes, in the playoffs, there's going to be one call that can cost you your season or, you know, one play that can cost you your season. It's not always the ref's fault. Um, one play can happen. Um, so, I mean, the, the Saints, they like to do that a lot. They like to dangle around, hang around, and then hope the ball bounces in their favor. This is the type of game. Come in, take care of business. Come in, take care of business. I say, trying to think of what kind of score we see. By the way, let's give the Bears credit. They finally found a kicker. <laughs> Cairo Santos had yeah. himself a year. He actually kicked for the Jags this year. I think he's he's kind of been a, a journeyman that kind yeah. of they lucked into. But yeah, he's done a nice job with the Bears so far. He's probably going to kick sixteen points, nine three field goals from Cairo Santos this week. Sixteen points, Saints. I could see the Saints being inefficient in the red zone. I could see the Bears stepping up and making some plays in the red zone. I could see for no reason Sean Payton using Taysom Hill in the red zone, which could make them <laughs> inefficient in the red zone. <laughs> I will say 20 to 16. Good number. Yeah, I mean, 24-20, 20 to 16. We're close. I, yeah. I, think, I think the Bears make it a game, but I just don't trust Trubisky to make enough plays. And if you're the Bears and you lose this game, you have to, this has to be – Look, in a normal season prior to this year, we would have been an 8-8 eight and eight team that would not have had a shot at the playoffs. We would not have made the playoffs. Now, no. I guess they were in sniffing distance because the Rams got in right above them at 9-7. Yeah. But 8-8, eight and eight, you, you, we all know what the Bears are, as we've said several times on this show over the last five minutes. <laughs> we know what the Bears are, but... Does the front office know what the Bears are? Does the ownership group know what the Bears are? I have to think you lose this game. Now, I, I do think if you win this game, you're definitely going to be evaluating something. If they win this game, Trubisky's back next year. Oh, no doubt yeah. about it. No yeah, I doubt think about so. it. But here's my thing with Trubisky. I'm a ceiling guy when it comes to the quarterback. Yeah. I want a guy who has the ceiling to be able to be one of the best in the game. What are we, three, four, four years deep in Trubisky now? I don't think that ceiling's overly high. And when you don't, when you have a quarterback whose ceiling isn't overly high, 
everything has to go your way. And that's, it just makes life extremely tough in the NFL. And it makes it even tougher when they're on that second contract and you're paying them 25 mil instead of the rookie deal. Yeah. And it brings back memories for you and Jackson. Oh, yes, it does. I mean, I've called him Mitchell <laughs> Mortal for years now. <laughs> so I, it's very I feel- similar. I do feel bad for Mitch because he seems like an outstanding citizen. Like, yeah. Dude loves Chicago. He just Good seems guy. like a nice guy. I've heard stories about... Um, so someone at the school that I work at, one of the students, worked at a donut shop this past summer in Libertyville near the training facility where the Bears are in Lake Forest. And Trubisky would come in and give this guy just huge tips and be like, oh, good to see you, man. Like... It's you do such a good job, and here's your tip. And you know, it just seems like a friendly, nice guy. And I feel bad for him because realistically, this guy he only started one year at an ACC school, he was Mr. Football Ohio coming out of high school. And the schools, such as Ohio State, that wanted to recruit him were saying, This guy's a safety, he's a corner, he's not a receiver, maybe, or sorry, he could be a receiver. He's not quarterback. And, hey, he got into this spot, and I feel like he's a quarterback who should have been picked in the third or fourth round. And at minimum, after Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. (laughs) Yeah. And so I feel bad that this guy has to wear that badge all the time. Yeah, it wouldn't have mattered. But, I mean, that just makes it that much tougher to swallow. But, yeah, I mean, good guy, tough scenario. But, I mean... It's the NFL. You got to do what you got to do. Got to do what you got to do. I remember we were watching that draft at the Goat House. Another <laughs> reference to the Goat House. Yeah. Two in a show. How about finding that? Its way, finding its way back into <laughs> life. <laughs> yeah, and I just remember we all were like, what? Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. We thought quarterback, it's going to be Deshaun Watson if there's any yeah. quarterback taken. You would have thought. I wonder how they well no we're not gonna get into that <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, no, no, I think this will be this will be a fun one I, yeah. I like this game and this will yeah. be probably the Nance Romo game Nate Burleson on Nickelodeon I, I, this is the one I'm probably most excited to watch this weekend probably top yeah top three for me behind Baltimore and uh Tennessee and then Gosh, the one we're about to talk about, I'm really excited about. But <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Our yeah. final game, my Pittsburgh Steelers, after the 24-22 loss on Sunday with Mason Rudolph at the helm. <laughs> it was the potential Mason Rudolph revenge game, and the Steelers almost won that game somehow. I was really wanting to beat the Browns after everything that happened last year. I was like, this would be so great. Mason beats them, keeps them out of the playoffs. This would be wonderful. They lose that game. And by the way, there were some very questionable officiating uh, calls in that game, by the way. Oh, you're laughing. I didn't see the game, so I can't (laughs) Okay. Yeah, no, there were some really bad ones. and. My dad was getting mad, and my dad didn't care who won it all. And I was like, oh, that must mean that these are really bad. But <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, they they Steelers lose that game. I was disappointed at one point. I'm like, is this what Steelers want to go, you know, limping out of the regular season, losing four of their last five games? And then I was reminded of, well, by losing that game, they get to play the Cleveland Browns this week. And 
we'll talk about the other situations with the Cleveland Browns in a second. But based on all these other teams that made the playoffs, Cleveland Browns, is, and on the AFC side, I would much rather see the Cleveland Browns than Indianapolis, Baltimore, Tennessee. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And there, I mean, there's multiple reasons, but um, their defense is probably number one. <laughs> it's not a good defense. And two of the quarterbacks in the AFC, it's not even debatable, in my opinion, that Baker would be the seventh quarterback ranked. Yeah. So you're getting and a rookie head coach in Stefanski who won't be on the sidelines this weekend now. But with those three things, I mean, this is the team, like you mentioned, for the Steelers, this is a phenomenal, phenomenal draw. Because honestly, if the, they were playing the Colts this weekend, it'd be near a pick for me. Oh, yeah. Me <laughs> yeah, too. Like, no. very close to a pick Because, I mean, this, look, the Steelers didn't beat the Colts in that game. But, I mean, the Colts were winning pretty much the entire time. And the Colts normally with leads are pretty good. Um so, yeah, I think it'd be close to a pick this weekend if that was the case. But the Brown, I mean, and now the COVID issues come into play. One of the top, an, an all-pro lineman for Cleveland is out with COVID. The head coach is out with COVID. Um, you're getting, you know, Baker's first postseason appearance against the Steelers defense, which has been a top-two defense all year, and probably the best pass rush in football. You lose that all-pro alignment. God, I, you know, if – all was right for the Browns and they didn't have these COVID issues. This would have been an intriguing game for me, but that like that kind of took the value or the fun out of this game to an extent um, for me personally. I, I just don't see a way that Cleveland wins this game now. I don't think. This I also t- think, this Jordan, another thing. Blowout. Sorry? This feels blowout to me almost. Um, and it, it would not have if the COVID issues were not there. I also think there's another element to this that you didn't bring up. You trying to have me guess? No, no, no. <laughs> oh, what is it? I think that the Browns have brought the target on themselves in this situation. Like they're going up and they're saying, I, I want that guy. Give me that guy. It stems from last year. It's kind of like, uh, yeah, I was going to make a reality TV reference, but you wouldn't have known what I was talking about. <laughs> hey, the fan, the others might. The ones listening might. <laughs> There's this guy on The Challenge named Johnny Bananas, and he's been on like 15 seasons. He's won six times. When new people come onto the show, they're always like, oh, I, I want to take out Johnny Bananas. Give me Johnny Bananas in elimination. And then it's like their way of latching on and becoming a story on the show by like attaching themselves to that name. And that's kind of what it feels like the Browns did last year and what they've kind of been doing with the whole Pittsburgh started it. And it feels like they're trying to start a beef here. We have our beef over here with Baltimore. You guys are kind of over here, but you're poking the bear a little bit. And there's been a lot of trash talk between Cleveland and Pittsburgh on social media this week. I don't know if you've noticed any of that. They haven't much, no. I do think that the fact that they're playing the Browns and there's that history from last year, it's only a short history, but I feel like it gives the Steelers something to get up for in this game. Whereas I, previous to this, I was looking at the Steelers as like, this is the team that's just dwindling here down the stretch. Yeah. It's good for them to have something that they're really going to get up for. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's 
That's entirely, and I mean, maybe the fact that the Browns beat them last week. I know a lot of those guys weren't playing, but still maybe that pushes something into it. Um, I mean, the, the whole thing last year obviously plays a big role. To me, another thing we haven't touched on yet, and I just mentioned it, I think Big Ben and, you know, TJ Watt last week, getting a week off, yeah, uh, a bye week heading into a game like this, to me, those aren't two guys who are going to have rust heading into the <laughs> postseason. If anything, it's just going to energize them. And Big Ben, I mean, probably needed that bye. You know, the yeah. Steelers never really had this year a true bye week because their bye week ended up being a, where they were prepping for half the week. Um, so that week 17 that Big Ben didn't have to play, I think that can do wonders. It just feels like everything in this game, even though the Browns beat him last week, everything in this game is leaning the Steelers' way. They're at home. Their guys are coming back rested. The Browns are already banged up and now have COVID issues. Their head coach isn't going to be there. Baker's the first time starter in a playoff game. Steelers have a much better – it just feels like everything is the Steelers' way. And it feels to me – I mean, I know it's a division game. Those are normally hard fought. feels to me this, this could end up being a blowout to an extent. Not like a three-touchdown blowout, but like a 14-point a win for the Steelers. It's 14 points of blowout. Uh, I mean, if they're up 17 and the Browns kick a field goal to make it 14, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I just think it, you know, let's see, uh, like 27-13. Yeah, I think this could be... I will say, though, Jordan, everything we've said, if the Browns win this game, it is going to be the ultimate humiliation for... Of course, Steelers fans, but Steelers as an organization. Uh, yeah. I mean, so much trash talk. Really, really, really bad loss. Really bad. This Brown started rocking these shirts, and I didn't see why people were. I mean, I, I see why they were, but they were wearing these shirts that it was celebrating their first postseason appearance. And a lot of Steelers fans were having fun with, okay, you're celebrating a postseason appearance, and the Steelers have won six Super Bowls. And uh, so there's that whole thing going on. To me, I understand celebrating a postseason appearance for the first time in 18 years. That's a really big deal. I was about to say, I don't see an issue with celebrating a postseason no. appearance. Yeah. yeah, as a Jaguars fan. <laughs> oh, no, I would. I, I celebrate any time we're even near the playoffs. <laughs> so if, this, if the Browns win this game, yeah. I will say, because I do think that as a as a Steeler guy, but you know I'm I'm pretty un I pretty fair pretty down you try the middle. To be. You try you to try be. to be. <laughs> you know, but, it, it's Gruden or the Steelers. You'll be a little biased. <laughs> that is what it is. <laughs> no, but I mean I do think that I would that would be a great moment for Browns fans, and Oof. you know the Steelers fans are kind of asking for it right now. Yeah, and I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of a way the Browns win this game. It's got to be through the run game, right? I mean, maybe oh, yeah. Chubb goes wild. Um, the, the combo of Chubb and Kareem Hunt goes wild. Um, you know, Big Ben can turn the ball over. At, I mean, he's pretty – he's not scared to throw a pick or two, so maybe he turns the ball over twice. I just I just, I just think the Steelers – one, the Steelers' defense is really, really good. They're going to focus on the run. They're going to make Baker beat them. And I just don't know if I trust Baker to beat the Steelers. I, I can't see it happening. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't. So you said 27-13. Uh, 
I think it'll be a little lower scoring than that. So maybe Browns get six points. Oh, gosh. Six points and the Steelers hit 21, 21-6. Did the head coach not being on the sidelines, did that change anything for you at all? Yeah. If you're, yeah, I think, it's play, I think it plays a pretty big role. Yeah. I mean, um, I think it's really just the perfect storm for the Steelers right here because you got to look at them last week when the Steelers were not trying to win that game and they were holding something back. This other team was throwing you everything. You got a good look at them. You've beaten them. I mean, that was a very rare historic victory for the Browns against the Steelers. That doesn't happen very often. Now they have split over the last couple of years. Um, I think, Every time it's been the home team that wins and over the last two years of these teams. Now you're back in Pittsburgh. Back in Pittsburgh, you gotta look at them. There's some trash talking going on. Baker kind of brings this on himself a little bit. Now nothing in particular, but there's bad blood between these teams. Yeah. No doubt. And this is the final game. It's a Sunday night game. So I think there's just a lot that's playing into Pittsburgh's favor. And if they lose this game, I'll you can put this clip out on Twitter, whatever you want to do with it, Jordan, <laughs> if it happens. But it is going to be an all-time humiliating loss. Probably the worst Steelers playoff loss of my lifetime that I can remember. 2017? No, you know what? That one, I know you're. it's a proud moment for you. <laughs> Uh, I had to bring it up. Yes, yes. But realistically, no, it's actually interesting that you do bring that up because that was something that some people brought up to me recently. And I said, I actually looked at that game and got really nervous because I thought that was a horrible matchup for yeah, the Steelers. Jack, I think the Jags beat them earlier that year, too. They did. They have the, they've, Jags have had the Steelers, well, not this year, but the Jags have had the Steelers number as of late, or at least I think until the last matchup. Steelers beat them the last. Was that this year? Did Two years ago. Year? They played. Two years ago. Yeah, I think this. I can't remember. They, they did play again this year. So Steelers yeah. have won the okay, last Okay, they couple. did play again. Yeah, so that's what I'm remembering. But there was a, a span of, I think, three matchups in a row that the Jags beat them, well, including that playoff game. Two straight playoff ones because there was that 07 with MJD, and yeah. there was that weird game where – the Steelers went for two a couple times and they ended up losing those two points and those, I think it was a two point game. Different from the game. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm with you. I think this would be, I mean, kind of the same feeling with the saints. This just feels like a Steelers need to come out and get the job done type game. Um, I think they're the better team both on paper and they will be the better team in person. So it's just a matter of coming up and showing up and performing. Yeah. And obviously the big struggles with this team I haven't been crazy about the receivers. I I love Claypool a lot. Uh, Juju's going to be a free agent. I don't think he's a necessity to retain. He's replaceable. You're about. To, it looks like you're about to well, say something. Yeah, Juju can't be a number one. Is the thing. Yeah. He can't. He can't be the best receiver. And I mean, that's it's become very very apparent. Um, he was in a run. I mean, his best year he was in the run and gun, and AB at the number one corner yeah. every year. Um, so really ever since he's kind of taken over that and I, he might not even be it anymore. They might put the number one on Claypool. I'm not sure. Um, Juju's Juju in the slot a lot. Yeah. Yeah. He is. Um, he can't be a number one. And honestly, I don't expect him to get that lucrative of a contract this off season. Um, might be like eight to 10 a year. I could tell you that's where he won't be getting a contract from. 
Cleveland. Cincinnati. <laughs> or Cincy. Oh, God. <laughs> Not neither. I don't think he'll get it from any of those division teams. <laughs> Actually, that does Actually, feel he's like... Done, he's done some serious damage this year dancing on all the fields because <laughs> I don't think any of those guys are going to want to sign him. <laughs> I could actually see him in Baltimore with Lamar. I think that could be a kind of fun really? situation. You know, I think the Steelers might retain him. They might. Depends on yeah. the price. But I, 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 what I'm saying is he's not a need. You don't have yeah, to. Yeah, no, no. No, I mean, he's re- Juju Smith-Schuster. He's a re- replace a re- replaceable receiver at this point. Yeah. That's just what he is. But a lot of drops. You see it out of the receiving core. Eric yep. Ebron, another guy who's not had a great year. <laughs> and, uh, on and off the field, according to a lot of our <laughs> friends. <laughs> and then offensive line, they've lost some guys. Alejandro Villanueva yeah. has regressed quite a bit. Um, I yeah. love him. Great, great story. Uh, but also, very apparent they can't run the football. And a lot of times they don't even try. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, you can't establish the run if you have four carries in the first half. And I will say, I don't think James Conner's a great back. Um, but, and yeah, you can't establish the run when you throw Ben 18 times in the first half and run it four times. So, no, they can't run the football, but a lot of times they don't even try to run the football and. I mean, that is what it is. I mean, you live and die by Ben at that point. And I mean, Ben can beat teams, but Ben can throw away games too here and there. Yeah. And I think that this offensive coordinator could be the first to go if they were to lose next week or this week. I think that offensive coordinator, I mean, there's a lot of just short dump off pass plays, get rid of the ball real quick. And Ben's done well for it, but these receivers aren't really great out of those on those routes. There's a lot of drop balls, and yeah. Ben's always excelled throwing the ball down the field. Yeah, and he's always had guys who can go up and make plays, and you see Claypool kind of turning into one of those guys. Um, and Deontay Johnson's, you know, he can make some plays too. But yeah, I mean, I think we touched on this one. Was it not last week? It might have been two weeks. You know, Ben had one game where they it seemed like they kind of just opened. It was a Colts game. Yeah. Down the stretch in that Colts game, they kind of opened it up and let him run and gun. It wasn't just Juju slant, Deontay Johnson slant, and Claypool come back. It was, you know, let's make some plays down the field. And I think these receivers have the ability to. I think that's what the Steelers need to do if they're going to try and beat some of the better teams in this uh, in this AFC postseason. Yeah, I think so too. And I actually, I will say, I've always really liked Jalen Samuels. I think he, he's been in the doghouse for a long time. Maybe he's the new Jonathan Dwyer. Jonathan Dwyer was a guy that I irrationally really liked and then <laughs> left the Steelers. Never really he, never, he never did yeah. anything. I mean, he had a couple of good games, but maybe that's the case with Samuels. I just think the guy's really skilled. Like He's a guy you can use as a tight end. You can put him in the slot. And there was that game. I'll never forget that game when they finally beat the Patriots a couple years ago and he ran for 130 yards. So maybe give James Connors carries to Jalen Samuels is what you're trying to preach here. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see it, but they, I mean, he's been a non-entity this year. He's been yeah. Benny Snell and Yeah, Anthony even McFarland. when Connor was out for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It is what it is. It is what it is. I'm really excited to watch all these games this week, Jordan. It's going to be a lot of fun. You're going to come back next week, right? That's the goal. See if we can make time in the schedule and come back on the Jack Vita show and hopefully come back to a six of six week <laughs> in terms of predictions. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, the only one we're differing on is the Seattle Los Angeles game, right? 
I think so. Yeah. And I think even spread wise, it still is only that one game. Um, so that'll be the key. <laughs> that'll be the key to success. Wait, in the tight, uh, Titans Ravens, we both went Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll probably be disagreeing more as we uh, move along here. That's always what happens. I would imagine. I would imagine. <laughs> as the Steelers get potentially harder matchups. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see what ends up happening with that, Jordan. All right. Before we get going, is there anything that you would like to plug or promote while you're here? Uh, no, I don't think I need to plug anything. Um, I mean, this was on Facebook, so my Facebook is probably going to be tagged regardless. So really, apart from that, I think we're good to go, Jack. Thanks again for having me, and yeah, look forward to next week. All right, great stuff, Jordan. This was a lot of fun. I'm going to wrap up real quick right here. So I want to thank you all for tuning in. I hope you all enjoyed this live stream. I intend to do more of these this year in 2021, as I will be Right now, I'm doing this website podcast as a full-time thing. So if you guys are enjoying this stuff, let me know on Twitter at Jack Vita Show. You can also follow me on Instagram at Jack Vita Show, Facebook.com slash Jack Vita Show. Love getting to hear your comments, your feedback. You can send us questions for next week's live stream. We'll have another episode coming out on Monday, which I will be talking with an unconfirmed guest at this moment. Uh, we got to figure that one wild out. Card. What was that? <laughs> the wild card that is Jake Poliga. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to promise, but we might have Jake Poliga here. We might not. It might be me by myself. Who knows? Uh, Jake's always a good guest, though. Hopefully he can make it. Oh, he's always a great guest. So make sure you check that out. Enjoy all the football this week. And log on to my website, jackvita.com. Lots of good content over there. Wrote a piece that actually you read, Jordan, about the NFL draft order. Yep, and a really well-written piece, and I agree with pretty much everything you said, Jack. So, yeah, definitely go check that out if you haven't already. So if you're wondering what the draft order looks like this year and what quarterbacks, where quarterbacks might fall, and how, in addition to that, teams that are in the market for a quarterback, how they might address those needs via free agency or trade or the draft. A lot lot of good stuff over there. Make sure you check it out. Lastly, before we get going, thanks to CBS All Access. Go to jackvita.com slash CBS, jackvita.com slash fanatics. Great job by our sponsors, as always. Great stuff over there. Whenever you click those links and you go and buy stuff through those links or through the ad banners on my site, This podcast is funded. Another way that you can fund this show is there is a PayPal button now on my website on the homepage. If you want to just, you know, if you like the show and you want to support the show, give whatever value you want. I don't care if you do or do not, but people were asking if they could do that. So there you go. You have that opportunity to do that now. Guys, um, until next time, we're going to have a lot of fun. Great episodes coming out next week. Until then, however, I'm Jack Vita alongside Jordan Morandini. Bring in the dancing lobsters. <laughs>